Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan, and with me as always, to pity me and feel sorry for me and talk down to me, is my dear friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? That was genuine sympathy. <laughs> this is Sarah who, literally before we started recording, said, can I tell everyone you're hungover? And I'm like... No, because I'm not. <laughs> Dan was drinking last night. And I was really good at it, too. <laughs> he was in training. He was in training for the World Drinking Championships. Um, <laughs> I wasn't drinking because I am all about, all, all about the, uh, the, the World Championships, which is this week. But we also have some World Cups and we've got some other events going on. And we've got some stuff to talk about. We're not just going to do a blow-by-blow account of the race. Although, oh my God, I think we're going to have to. It's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we're in norway bergen to be exact on the west coast yes. of norway um a university town youthful town beautiful town uh with fjordishness and mountainy stuff and great courses and awesome racing oh my god you know what i actually think i've hated the Qatar World Championships. Now, I didn't hate everything about it. People go, no, but remember the racing, because I kind of feel like the riders rode rode as well as they could on the course. Yeah, but... and I really loved Amalia Diedrichsen's win. Yeah, and I really loved the the, the Italian juniors singing their hearts out yes. to celebrate the Italian win. Yeah, but yeah. in general, Qatar was fucking dreadful oh, on every was, level. Like it was brutal. The temperatures were, you know, in the high forties literally setting up you know sprinklers over the road to hose riders down as they're doing time trials and stuff and and it also meant like it just it's impossible to have a party atmosphere when everyone has to stay inside because otherwise you would literally cook i think i think yeah and i mean there were so many things that were bad i mean obviously qatar to start with when you're riding through through this post-apocalyptic wasteland weird environmental disaster waiting to happen fake island built by slaves um in a country where women actually aren't allowed to ride bikes anyway to the point that Susanna Anderson was knocked off her bike by a police officer who objected her to her riding home from the time trial Mm. And, oh, yeah, gay riders, it's fine to be that. Yeah, we promise we won't arrest you for being gay if you come over to ride the races or cover the races like we would do if you were Qatari. Um, you know, like everything about Qatar was terrible, but then they had, you know, then and, and the lack of the total lack of crowds and the, the weirdness of it, the course that was just dull, not letting the women ride in the desert. I mean, Qatar is known for amazing racing in the desert, but you know, let's not let the women do that. Um, yeah. Uh, but I actually think, because Qatar was so bad, I like Norway even more than I would have done. <laughs> well, you know, and and if that's if that's what it took to get that result for you, then I am thrilled. I just want to assure all of our Norwegian fans and listeners that I loved Norway anyway. <laughs> I, I, loved, I, would have, I would have loved. I would have loved Norway anyway. But, Sarah's Sarah's but, Sarah's Norwegian tourism ad. Norway, pretty good compared to Qatar. No, <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, is I think I like to. I think I. I mean, I've got blasé about cycling going to amazing places, right? Yeah. Um, 
and 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 I, I and, and it's and it's like you know you're used to it. I'm used to cycling going to Norway, but oh my God, Bergen is. I mean, but having it compared to Qatar to go from Qatar to Norway, everything is different, and it's just it's just it's not perfect, and we'll come on to why it's not perfect later. But but it's just it's just phenomenal and. Oh my god, it's like the most amazing Norwegian tourist Bergen tourist board advert. Like, yeah, I'm 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 kind of yeah, it, I'm kind of happy. It's just amazing. Yeah, it, I can't it, even it speak. It is just amazing. That is true. So, we started off with a teen time trial. Now, I this is the fifth year that the teen time trials happened in the World Championships in its modern inter- iteration. For years, you know, there there was years without it and then it yep. came back. And I've got to admit I like watching a TTT because I like watching how the riders work in formation and it's just beautiful. It's it's a really beautiful sport in that respect. But for the past couple of years, it's been not the most exciting event in the world. Like in terms of, first of all, it was dominated by Specialized Lululemon, who won the first three. Um, then uh, Bowles, Rent, Bowles, 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 bleh, Bowles Dolmans won it last year. Yep, and generally, whoever wins the um, Open to Swedvegorda, the Crescent Vigorda TTT World Cup, goes on to win the worlds. And yeah. bowls have been dominating. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, it's going to be a bowls walkover, and we're only interested in the second and third, second and third places. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> sure. I mean, as 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 um, Sarah's hysterical giggling may uh, be pointing out to you, um, no, actually that wasn't fair, was it? It wasn't really hysterical. Evil. I was trying to avoid maniacal, so evil giggling. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever kind of giggling it is, um, may be pointing out as is want to happen in women's cycling. That script didn't necessarily hold true once the curtain went up. Yeah. And it was fascinating because they had three checkpoints. Um, and the, what did they have two? Anyway, they had two, 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 check, two or three checkpoints. And in the first, Bowles is blasting through. Oh, that's, that's, that's expected. In the second, Cervelo Bigler's fastest. And in the third, it's Sunweb. Mm. And Sunweb won. Which, uh, I mean, it sort of makes sense in a way because, you know, you look at the Sunweb team and you're like, okay, there's there's some serious time-trialing talent there. But it's also a bit of a eyebrow raiser because Sunweb isn't the team that you first think of when you're thinking team time-trial teams. Well, I mean, part of that is because this iteration of Sunweb is new, mm. yeah? Like, last last year, um, when they were giant Alpacin, they were very much focused on younger development riders. You know, like, um, and we remember how Alea Kirkman stepped up really strongly, for example. But this year, they signed Corin Rivera, Ellen Van Dyke, and Lucinda Brandt. Now, Ellen Van Dyke, five team time trial world championships. She's won gold in four of them. Yeah. And I don't think it's a coincidence. <laughs> She's also won with three different teams. So she had two with Specialized Lululemon or whatever it was called that time. One with Bowles Dolmans last year and now with Sunweb. And the reason in it is Ellen is a goddamn machine. True. That is very, very, very true. Um, um, yeah. And, and, and not, just a, not just a goddamn machine on the bike and in the time trial position, um, 
but also the kind of writer who really inspires and draws the best out of the writers around her. Um, yeah. yeah, so especially when you're looking at a TTT, um, the value that Ellen brings to a team is is hard to calculate. Yeah, and I don't think that I think Sunweb. I don't think it was a surprise that Sunweb won. I mean, the question was how much they, how much training they'd done. Mm. Obviously, they'd done a fuck ton of training because they went on to win the men's team as well. Like the, this is the first time, um, a t- you know, a men and women the same, the same teams, teams won, won men, men and women. And women. Yeah. And, yeah, and and it was just it was just phenomenal. And yeah, and it was just spectacular, and it was really, really exciting. Now, I always think that the TTT is a beautiful discipline. I don't necessarily think it's exciting because you know, like I say, like ah, oh, Sun uh, Bowls. You know, first of all, specialized Lululemon are going to win. Men Bowls are going to win. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's it's. Uh, but yeah, I, if I were if I were any team in the world, I'd basically be throwing money at Ellen. I mean, I would be anyway, but I'd just be throwing money at Ellen Van Dyke because oh my god. Mm, mm. And, and look, yeah. <laughs> well, presumably, like people will be, you know, and Ellen will be spending her off season swimming through piles of cash. And as she deserves. Mm. I mean, if, I, if if anyone deserves swimming through piles of cash, it's Ellen Dyke. So, um, have you got the results? Yep. So Sunwood came in at fifty five forty one to win. Um, Bowles Domins uh, finished up in second at twelve seconds adrift. Savella Bigler rounded out the podium in third at twenty eight seconds back. Uh, in fourth, we had Canyon Sram at 105. So that's where it really started to split apart. And fifth was Team Virtue Cycling at 252. Yes, um, they had a shocker of a race with both Amber Neban and um, Linda Willemson kind of collapsing halfway through it. Not phys- physically, just, no. just falling off. No, Amber, Amber <laughs> had a chain drop or something. And, and so she was cut adrift there. And yeah, it was just a, a disaster yeah. race for them. Yeah, um, there is an interesting thing though that TTT might not get, might not be in the future because the new UCI president is talking about getting rid of it. Yeah, well, okay, interesting. Um, I guess while we're on the subject, for those who are not perhaps yet already in the know, um, Brian Cookson was ousted at the UCI presidential elections. Um, the Frenchman David Lapotian. Uh, I don't. You probably just say Le Patient, you know, if, if you're Australian at least. Um, he he won in a landslide, 37 of a possible 45 delegate votes. Cookson received just eight, so um, yeah, uh, that's I guess the clearest response that you anyone could expect in terms of the overall consensus of Cookson's job. Um, uh-huh. And. To be honest with you, that's really all I feel like saying about that. I've made my points quite clear over the last two years, and eh, fuck it. Yeah, um, but if you want to go to, if you want to see what's happening, I definitely recommend checking out Fergal Mackay FMK underscore ROIs um, tweets, because he's got a pretty neat rundown of what the promises they've elect- they've elected it from, um, and it's uh, he's got a very Fergal's got a very. Um... I, I would I would say. Um, let me let me say it, and then you put it into the appropriate Britishism, okay? Like he has a very dry and forthright style. Dry. I was going to go acerbic wit, but um, yeah. yes, uh, dry. That, that's good. I love Fergal. He's awesome. <laughs> um, but yes, he's he's uh, he's he's yeah. Anyway, um, Fergal's got uh, some rundowns of what it means. Yeah. 
<laughs> one of them is pay lip service to the women. Um, okay, so that was the TTT. Uh, um, yeah. Um, now, interestingly, just quickly on the back of that. Um, so obviously, you know, people were a little eyebrow raised at bowls because, as you said, they they'd had such a dominant win in Vigorda. Um, and then, you know, Sunweb in Vigorda were like a minute and a half down on bowls. So, um, so Danny Stam had some interesting things. The DS for, for bowls um, basically boiled down to we were fast, we just weren't fast enough. And, you know... <laughs> uh, that's, I don't. I don't think you need to give a quote. To the I know, to, like it's it's <laughs> like that's it's a that. like that's like got to go into amazing sports aphorisms, surely. But, um, but I do think the interesting point is actually that, um, it looks like they'd gone in um uh, with a plan to race to and weren't ready for the final section to be the really competitive one. And so they eased up just yeah. as Sunweb started to hit it. And by the time they worked out what was going on, roles had reversed and it was too late. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit I'm a bit surprised by that because if anything, I would have wondered if Sunweb could make, you know, Ellen, can Ellen make it over the hill, for example, as as, as, a, as a thing? And Ellen's such an IT tier. Answer, yes. But the thing is, is once Ellen hits the bottom of that hill, it's perfect Ellen Van Dyke course territory, yep. you know, and... And I know that you can't, you know, anything can happen and frequently does. But it's like, it's like, I don't think, you know, Ellen was on their team last year. God damn it. Like you have to, you have to look at it and yeah. say, yeah, yeah. yeah. they get when I, so I'm a bit surprised that they, because the hill was very hard. So as you say, what they were expecting was to um, hit the hill and just have so much of a lead there. Yeah. Hurrah. But Sunweb. I think they've got. I think they've been like guess going to an airfield and training together, and they trained really hard yep. for it. Um, I don't think that they've been as training trainee. I don't think they trained as much at Vigorda, by uh, by the time Vagorda came yeah, yeah. at Vagorda. But they haven't raced for you know. There's races that that they that, that they didn't they they raced the bowls ladies tour, and then it's all worlds prep. Well, if that worlds prep includes, for example, a week of solid ITT training. TTT training, sorry. And you've got riders like Ellen Van Dyke, yeah. who has literally been in all the best TTT teams. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and knows and knows all of the little things. And and you know, not to project too much, but when you're doing something as complex as a TTT, part of what makes it such a fascinating discipline is that all the little things, like even down to communication between riders as you roll on and off the front of the the squad, um, and stuff like that becomes you know we talk about we eye roll we make jokes about the idea of marginal gains but those are the kinds of things that at the elite level literally start to build up to make the difference mm. and mm. Yeah. I, yeah so that training camp becomes so important that. sorry yep i absolutely loved watching um sunweb in the hot seat because they went out quite early relatively mm. And they were just and watching them not be able to watch it and go through that anxiety. And, oh my god! What's happened? Oh my god! Yes, we've won. Uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously they had it easy as well because you know Bowles goes in there as the reigning champion mm. and the absolutely clear favourite. Yeah, and and then whereas Sunweb really it didn't like if they didn't win, no one would think less. Yeah, of them. yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and and like that's the thing if they if they just made it to the podium, that'd have been a great result for them. So well, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd expect them to get silver anyway. So then we come on to the ITT, ITTs, hurrah, juniors. You know, if you've listened to this podcast before, I get very, very, very um, mawkish. Is that the right word? I don't think so, but I um, I I was like maybe more mother hennish. 
<laughs> than mawkish. But yeah. Yeah, I, I get I get I get a bit soppy. Is soppy the right Soppy's word? Soppy's a better word than mawkish, definitely, yeah. It doesn't soppy and mawkish mean pretty much the same thing. Anyway, um I get a bit I get a bit soppy about the juniors and especially about the international juniors because it's such a it's such a you know I, I you know you've heard me say this a thousand times right but these juniors they're 16 and 17 and 18 they've they're not going out they're not partying they're not like they're giving up a lot to race a lot to race now if you're a dutch junior you know exactly how you're doing against everyone else and everyone else or your peers because the dutch are like one of the strongest nations in the world mm. same with the italians like just getting picked for the dutch junior team is a massive 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 achievement yeah However, for your Americans and your Canadians and your Australians and all the people, all, you know, people from all the non-traditional cycling countries, you know, Japanese rider, this is the first chance that a lot of them have ever had to ride. I mean, I know that like it's getting better because, for example, there was a, a junior American team at that coming over for the Nations Cup, right? Yep. You know, riding the healthy healthy aging tour, which is the biggest junior uh, stage race by by like so far. Um, but you still don't know. You've never, you know, they've never ridden a time trial against each other. You know, the juniors get the European junior, you know, jun, 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 European junior ITT champs and stuff. So, yeah, it's, I just, it's just so adorable. And it's so interesting watching the juniors because, you know, some of them look like, some of them look like women and some of them look like, quite frankly, little girls, don't they? Like, there's such a range and it's so dramatic and it, there's so much nerves and this is the first time you know the first time for the first year juniors that they're on this international stage and they've got the bergen crowds and it's huge and it's going to be on the same roads as as the as the elites and it's you know it's a really really big deal yeah. you're a single you know you're going you're staying at the same hotel with the elites and if you're a little dutch rider you know you can look across at the breakfast table and there's mariana voss or you know, it's Ellen Van Dyke, and it's it it means a lot, and and I and yeah, so I get a bit like oh, it's so adorable, uh, patronising might be the right word. I'm not sure. Oh, you keep choosing these words that are kind of pretty mean towards yourself. You know that the literal definition of mawkish is um, sentimental in an exaggerated or false way. I'm thinking an exaggerate. I think I'm exaggeratingly <laughs> sentimental about them. So. um yeah, so it's very interesting. Now, they started off, and the first rider to the first rider to go was Alessia Virgilia from Italy, and Italy are super super strong, and they um, and they always always are very 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 good at developing junior riders. They're pretty terrible as a nation of actually developing junior <laughs> riders beyond them. And Italian riders are, will be the first to tell you that it's like a pretty shit system. You know, Lisa Longo-Borghini had to leave Italian teams to develop. Yep. Uh, same for Ellen Shakini, same for all kinds of riders. You know, um, yep, Giorgio Bronzini is particularly damning about yep, it. Yep. Um, so Alessia Vigilia starts and she sets down an absolutely monster time. And it's sitting and sitting and sitting. And it starts to rain. And... One of the interesting things is, is that people go, oh, well, Alyssa Vigilia, she was lucky. Her time is so good because it wasn't raining. And it's like, nope, that's bullshit. The reason that she went off before it rained, was before it started raining, was that um, Italy were the only team with three riders. Uh-huh. 
And so how they're deciding it, they're deciding it, you know, the last, the best, you know, last year, the country that has last year's world champs, they go, they go last. Yep. Okay. But then they pull out, pull out the numbers, the starting or starting numbers out of a hat, basically. And so if you are the only team with three riders, your rider is going to start first. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's not, so it's not luck that Alessa Vigilia started first. It's, um, it's, it's the fact that it's the Italians are so bloody good at, <laughs> at developing juniors. And it's, and that's, and that's a really interesting thing. Now we had some dramas, um, Lauren Dolan, the British rider, she crashed in the corner and actually finished with a pretty nasty looking gaping well, wound to the point that. Yeah. I would go further than nasty or, you know, or whatever. I, that one actually really pisses me off because I feel like her, her team and the commissaires had a duty of care to pull her. I don't think she should have finished that race. I mean, I assume that she really wanted to. She was, and I she also was in, assume that she was off her head on adrenaline. She was in surgery for two hours after the race to stitch us back up. Like it, it was, like that was not. I, I personally just don't feel it was appropriate to let her complete that race. I don't care how much she wanted to do it. It's more important that her legs work next year when she comes back. Yeah, 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 yes, and... because because yes, it does. It, there's there's no que- there's no question that riding on a wound like that would have made the wound worse. And, and yeah, I and, have and a it's... real issue. Like I love all the harden the fuck up jokes and shut up leg stuff and and those sort of things as much as any cycling fan because you know a, a big part of the sport, any endurance sport, but you know cycling is about pushing through the pain barriers and pushing the body further than you think it'll go and stuff for sure. But there is a point where you tip over hardness or toughness or will to win and into just stupid and she's a young rider at worlds trying to impress she's trying to prove to herself and to everyone else that she belongs there and i genuinely think she does belong there but i don't think she belongs there because she finished racing with that wound and no yeah and, and i think and i think and i think part of it as well is that the she hasn't had the chance to ride Europeans mm. because British cycling didn't take. So one of the reasons that you know they uh, Italy they've got the they've got the continental champion um, uh, uh, Elena Elena Padoni, and that's one of the reasons that she's there. Now maybe if we'd have gone to if Brit if Britain had gone to the to the the Europeans, maybe Lauren would have had a little bit more experience. Yep. You know, I'm not saying that the crash was her fault, but you know she she no. but it, and it was very interesting because Theo Gagan Hart, the um very young uh, British elite man, he crashed. On, he crashed out there as well, so I don't know whether there's something about our, the, the tires that we were using were wrong as well. Yeah, you know, like, right. It's there's a but yeah, I, yeah. I, you're right. There is a du- there is a duty of care, especially for young athletes who don't have the same ex- level of experience. Well, for me, you know, that's where not Mariana Boss. Yeah, exactly. And for me, that's where it really kicks in too, because we all know this from our own working lives and stuff too. When you're young, you're much less clear about when you're allowed to speak up and stuff, you know, and you think yeah. you think that. And and when you're young, everything's so dramatic. You think, I'll never get this chance again. I'll never, you know, I have to. Well, and think... and sometimes when you're young, you do actually need, you know, your coach or whomever to go, mate, like, Lauren, you, your leg, like, like you you just yeah. need to stop. No one's going to think less of you. You just let me, let us, let especially... us look after you, you know. Especially because any, I mean, remember, remember the couple of years ago where there was the all that stuff about um, one of the male elites who he'd carried on riding and he said he'd had a head injury and he yep. carried on riding. He says he couldn't remember anything. Couldn't remember the rest of the stage. I mean, 
yeah good god and that and there's and there's a lot of that there because and, and writers say this all the time that they don't actually feel the pain because they're they're so hopped up on an yeah. adrenaline on, on adrenaline and the um yeah, yeah well, you know the, the i can't remember the sports chemicals what do you call it well you're all, serotonin and... yeah you've got all of that and the dopamine stuff but then you've also got all the lactic acid building up in your muscles and stuff anyway like everything hurts anyway and you're used to a baseline of pain like pain's not a reliable indicator but look at the photos of lauren and i'm i'm not talking about like someone who's just had a crash and been grazed up and has got blood running down their leg i'm talking about someone who has wounds large enough that you could fit like you could chop off my index finger and put it in them lengthwise Ew, that's that's disgusting no no but, but, but uh, uh, yeah well like look at the photos that it, what i'm getting at is literally that like that was that was horrific wounding yeah. You know, it's not the kind of thing that you idly go, oh, no, you hop back on your bike and you ride because it's just a bit of a graze and we've all had that. No, yeah. she was cut open, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, to me, yeah. all respect to Lauren. And, and, you know, please understand, I, I put no blame towards her. I feel that her team and and the commissaires on the road had a responsibility to pull her from the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, more drama in the race. Um, so, so Alessia Vigilia, she's. Um, it looks like she's. She's just doing. She, her her time is set. She's done so much better than everyone else. No one can touch it. Then her teammate Letitia Paternostra starts, and Paternostra goes through fastest at the first checkpoint. Mm. But then, by the second checkpoint, she's down. Yeah. And apparently what the Italian coach has said, and I know this through Twitter, so it may not be 100% accurate, but so forgive me if it's, if it's, not, if it's not 100% right, not accurate, is that she'd lost radio. Her, her radio stopped working on the far part of the course and she basically panicked. Oh, no. And so she, and so she, and she just, and she, and, it, she, and she just went to pieces. Now, Letizia Paternoster was in the Worlds last year. She is a really strong talent. But this is what this is why you go to juniors, mm, you know. Mm. Like this is this is why you go to juniors in the same way as I mean. Remember when Eleanor Cicchini in the European Under Twenty Three um, cha- Under Twenty Three Championships, she crossed the line, arms in the air, because she thought she'd won, yeah. and someone had I think someone had snuck underneath her arm. Yep, yep. Uh, possibly Cassiano Odoma. But um, <laughs> anyway, but like uh, it was like that's why you that's why you have Under Twenty Three yeah. and junior junior championships because you want to have the opportunity to say look you know to to, to have these to have yeah. these chance to have these exactly. chances okay so, that wasn't that wasn't great let's draw a line through it but take away the good thing we know that you were absolutely blistering at the start and here's what you yeah. do next time your radio fails exactly you know? exactly now the other thing the other thing that's really shitty so one of the riders that we all wanted to look at, that we're all interested, is um, Emma Norsgaard. Emma Norsgaard is Danish. Yep. Um, the Danes are basically in five years' time, maybe less. The Danes are going to be bloody everywhere, like they were already last year with Amelia Diedrichsen winning the um, the road race, uh, winning the world r- road race. Um, they were at the European under twenty three Europeans when um, Cecilia when Peniela Matterson won the ITT with Cecilia Utrup Ludwig second. Yep. Um, and then Peniela Mat- then Peniela Matterson went on to win the road race. Now, 
in the Danes are coming comes young Emma Norsgaard. She is hilarious, by the way. I've met her at a Healthy Aging Tour, and she's just funny and nice and no bullshit. Yeah, I wrote shit today. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's a tall, she's a tall Viking blonde, um, blonde junior. Yep. Now we were wondering why her time was doing quite poorly, especially at the first checkpoint. And then her DS, Catherine Marcel, told me why. Right. She's been riding this bike all year, right? Um, Norsgaard, including getting a medal at the Junior ITT, uh, Junior ITT Europeans, yeah? Right. She's been racing the Nations Cup and stuff. She took it through the first checkpoint. Her bike was passed at the first checkpoint, first UCI check. She took it to the second UCI check. Her bike was passed at the second UCI check. At the third check, the same commissaire who'd passed it earlier looks at the frame and said, oh, the sticker on the frame is wrong. (laughs) Oh, UCI, how we love you. This is one of those things where bikes have to have a certain sticker to say that they're okay to ride. This is like, you know, they've got to be... um, They've got to be on, uh, ha- you know, they've got to be on the sale and stuff like that. They, there's various various regulations about it. This isn't something like your handlebars are too high or or you're not on junior gears, you know, or you no. try to make a sneaky mod to your bike. This is legit. You've got the wrong sticker on your bike. Yep. And yeah, Kat Marcel is was the first ever junior road world champion for women. And she went on to become elite world champion. She won the hour record. She won the Giro. She's, she's, you know, she's, she's, she was, she's an amazing rider. She is the yes for the, she's the coach for the Danish team. Kat Marcel isn't going to be fucking around with illegal bikes is what I'm saying. Mm. Anyway, so poor, poor Penila. No amount of, but I've been riding it all year and it's been checked at every race I've ever been to. Yeah. No amount of, but you didn't say this when I took it through there. So, um, so, so, um, not Penilla, sorry. So, Norsgaard, poor Norsgaard had to basically just before the race, they had to run around and find a spare bike. The spare bike they found was, I think it was Cecilia Utrup's spare bike, you know, that, that they that they pulled together. Cecilia Utrup is a different size to Emma Norsgaard, mm. and so she was on a completely wrong bike. Awesome. So, yeah, so that's why her time just, well... it just wasn't. Yeah, just I mean, just goes and, and to this... show the lengths that the UCI will go to to try and rein in the Dutch, uh, the Danish domination, <laughs> and the Danish invasion. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Vikings forget Dan. <laughs> well, in that case, I'm glad I'm not in the UCI. <laughs> I, I, I would I would love to have heard Catherine Marcel um, have, 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 a, have a gentle conversation with the commissaires and, them, and tell, tell them exactly what she thought about them. I, I would actually pay to see Cat do that because I think I think paint might blister. Mm. But yeah, God for God for Norse God. Anyway. Alessia Viglidia's time standing. It's standing, it's standing, it's standing, it's standing. The rain's getting stronger, the rain's getting stronger. Her teammate, Elena Pironi, starts, European ITT champion, and just blasts the course. And this is the other thing about Overhelia only sat there so long because it rained, because, you know, uh, uh, Elena Pironi, in the rain, um, just destroys the course and wins. Yeah. Um, Elena, uh, Elena Pironi first, Alessa Vigilia second. In third place, Tasmanian Madeleine Fasnacht. Yeah. 
So um, the the split between Eleanor and Alessia was was tiny. You know, six seconds in a in a time trial. So very very close, and and no surprise at all that Alessia's time held so long when. Um, it literally took Eleanor to, to beat it and by only six seconds. Madeline was back further at 42 seconds. Um, but great little um, hint at, you know, our next, um, hopefully next, you know, Kat Garfoot-esque time trial specialist. Yeah, um, she's she's a Tasmanian, and this is and this is where I get this is where I get a bit emotional because it's not that much of a surprise that there was a Italian one-two. Mm-hmm. And they would have gone in there knowing that they were the best. I think Letizia Paternoster is probably still crying. No, she won't be because the the, the road race is coming up. But you know, she's yeah. there was a real strong chance of a, of an Italian one, two, three yep. on the podium, and they knew that. Yeah, they knew that going in. Yeah. But Madeline Fastnacht wouldn't. I don't even know how to say her name because sorry, Australians. Um, well, well, that's actually a German name. I'm pretty sure. So. Yeah, I know. But I don't know how an Australian would pronounce. Well, I, yeah, okay. I don't know how an Australian would pronounce it. I mean, yeah, it probably most Australians probably would just be Fasnacht. <laughs> it would sound she, so bad. It's so bad. She is, ta- and she's Tasmanian oh. as well. So yeah, um, yeah. So, like I say, the everyone. The Italians know how they stack up against each other, and you mm. know Emma Norsgaard knows what what you know what that cost you know what yeah. that prob that could have that cost that could, you know there's a really good strong chance it could have cost her a medal because she knows how she compares the other riders, except for the fact that for Madeline, yeah, you know this is it. You've like, gone to you've gone to the other side of the world, and you you didn't know because you didn't race Euros with this group. You didn't. You know, you thought you were good because you stacked up in the the nationals here, but you also know that it's a smaller pool, and so yeah. you go there and you're at Worlds and you're in fucking Norway <laughs> and 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 you medal in the rain in the in rain, the rain. In the rain of Norway yeah and just... and you medal <laughs> and and you think to yourself yeah it looks a lot like Tasmania here it's nice. <laughs> And then, and then, so, then you get the moment that you're really going to cherish from the whole thing. You get your photo taken with Simon fucking Jones. <laughs> or as someone said, um, yeah, she's probably going to be kicked from the team because she didn't come first. Uh-huh. Um, no, I mean, so so delighted for her. So, um, who else do you want to do? You want to just run through the rest of the yeah, results? Yeah, all right. So in fourth, we had Hannah Ludwig from Germany, uh, Maria Novolodskaya. For the Russian Federation in fifth, uh, Marit Reimarkers for the Netherlands in sixth, Pfeiffer Georgi for Great Britain seventh, Shari Basoit for Belgium eighth, Letizia Paternoster for Italy in ninth, uh, and Jade Ville for France at uh, a minute 30 back by that point in tenth. So, yeah. Mm. Now, in the elite women, what was fascinating to me was the number of of very young riders and especially the number of first year pros like there's um there's uh uh Juliette Leboux, for example is a first is a first year pro who last year was on the podium of the of the, of the junior ITT um you had uh um, you know, Penelia Matteson, who's a second, who's a second year pro, Chloe Digart, who's a second year pro and who won the, both the elite and the junior ITT. Sorry, the elite, the road race. She ran the road race and the ITT in her junior year in 2015. And she's 
an elite Olympic silver medalist in the team pursuit and gold medalist in the in, sorry silver medalist in the Olympic team pursuit, gold medalist in the World Championships. So there are some really there's there's some really really interesting young riders. Like Cecilia Utrup Ludwig, the um, best young rider in the world tour, and actually a real contender for the for the race on Saturday, the road mm. race on Saturday. Lots of very young riders, lots of international riders who, quite frankly, I'd not only never heard of, but couldn't even find results for, because they've maybe only ever ridden like national championships before. Right. Yep. Um, you know, they're not like races that don't appear on CQ ranking, which is, you know, or cycling or cycling archives. So there's a lot of there are a lot of riders who had done nothing. And then the interesting thing is the mid ranked time trialers weren't there this year. So just to clarify, when you say mid ranked, who who are we talking about? Like, so, I mean, I would expect like riders who you'd expect to see maybe in a top 10, but definitely in a top 20 in in um, in time trials all over all over the place. Now, some of this is because, uh, you know, you only get two riders. So you can't have, for example, Mika Kroger because the Germans, they've got Trixie Warwick and uh, Lisa Blenauer in their two places. So, right. OK, that's that that's fine. But there's a lot of people who there's a lot of, you know, you don't like no Shari Gillow, for example. Yep. Um no, yeah, there's, there's, and, and, and Shara's not even that mid-ranked, but like, no, 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 Elena Cicchini, for example, the, the uh, Italians chose to put in Lisa Morzenti, who's a first-year pro. Um, so it was quite, it was quite interesting to me the field because it felt like, and this is going to be the same with the road race, that there's a lot of riders who, because of the UCI's. That what they want is to prove world championships is a world is a world sport world is a world event. But you've literally got people who've never ridden a UCI race, right? Yeah, and you've got people who've never ridden in Europe before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's a bit of a. I don't know what I think about it. I think I would rather have more Dutch riders, you know, than or I don't know. It it feels. It feels like there's a lot of people riding for the experience. Yeah. And it's artificially put in that way. And so it's not a world championship to the best of the best going up against each other. It's the best of the best plus, you know, plus some, plus a lot of riders who... I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, is there is there a way around that really? Though, I mean, if if a, a, a nation does want to participate in worlds, but they don't have a rider or riders who on their on their you know normal riding um, abilities won't make it to a, a a Euro-based elite team for the regular season, you know, yeah, is the solution to just exclude them from worlds or? Yes, I think world championships. I, th- I mean, it depends what you want it to. We have this debate about Olympics every year. You know, like when you've got four <laughs> Dutch riders, mm. uh, you know, the second, the, you know, riders fifth to eight in the Netherlands could be a winning team. Could be a winning team in themselves. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's a bit conundrumy yeah. because uh, you know. Uh, at the same time you you want the sport to be able to grow and you do want to create opportunities you know to help you know some of these smaller countries bridge that divide you know and develop more riders but you know this maybe isn't the right forum maybe it means that that worlds needs to actually have 
um, a couple of selection races earlier in the year or something, you know. So, yeah. so I mean, smaller countries have to qualify somehow, or, or something. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm. Spitballing. I mean, there's, there's also, there's also some kind of real pushes to make, like, so for example, the Pan American champion gets an automatic spot. The Asian champion mm. gets an automatic spot. The Oceania champion gets well, an automatic yeah, spot. If, oh, if we, if we ever bothered to take it, I mean, this is the, the crazy thing is that technically we could have taken an eighth rider. But you know Simon Jones, so yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, it's a it's a funny it's a it's a yeah. Anyway, so it's an odd field, but there are the best of the best. Now the strange thing about Worlds is also that it does give the chance through things like so Amber Neben as the reigning world champion mm-hmm. gets an automatic spot. Chloe yep. Diger got an automatic spot for winning the Pan American ITT. Yeah. Yep. But there are a lot of riders who just haven't risen all year. So, Amber Neben rode the Ardennes, and she rode La Corse, but that's it. Yep. And Nationals. Chloe Diger, I think she was injured at one point earlier in the year, but she's also just got married, and she's going to college and stuff, so, you know, she's not, it's not been a priority for her to race. Yeah, yeah. And also, her coach is Kristen Armstrong. Someone was saying to me, yeah, but the thing is, is racing really helps you. But I think that, like, you know, Kristen Armstrong is someone who pioneered the don't bother racing, just turn up to, you know, just yeah, turn like up Yeah, like, focus on your one specific event and just, yeah. you know, dial so, everything and into that. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's what's happening with Chloe Diger, that because, you know, she, she's... she's and, and I'm a bit I'm a bit uncomfortable because Kristen Armstrong's now got a job with USA Cycling, and I think they're going to be doing, and you know, we all know about USA Cycling. I mean, you know, if, if you think Simon Jones is bad, the USA Cycling model has been has been consistently shocking in terms of, diff- you know, oh well, we'll send these riders out to qualify for our places, and then the, then 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 we'll just you know have 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 Chris Armstrong come in and win the Olympics because you know she hasn't. Whereas if you're Ellen Van Dyke, you have to ride all year. Because mm. you have to prove that you deserve your spot in the team, because there's like yeah. twenty thousand other ITT riders. Anyway, so we have your you have you have your Amber Nieben, um Linda Willemsen hasn't ridden much all year. You have Olga Zablinskaya, who is invis- who can be invisible all year, and then yeah. miraculously come out and Just win the worlds. Shows up for these races and and randomly gets on the the podium or wins, and you're just like, ah. Oh. Yeah, um, riders like Lauren Stevens, who hasn't had the chance really to ride worlds, and and Annemiek van Vleuten. Now, van Vleuten had never has only ever ridden ITT worlds once. Okay, and that's because she's been the third best Dutch rider. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I mean, it, this is the perennial problem, you know, being Dutch, isn't it? Like, like. Yeah. 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 I mean, it just sucks to be a Dutch cyclist, basically, because... At Worlds and Olympics times, yeah. Because yeah. no one, no one has a guaranteed spot. The nearest you mm. can get to a guaranteed spot is Mariana Voss. But, um, you know, because yeah. her Palmaras are just amazing. But even Mariana Voss doesn't have a guaranteed spot no. in Worlds. No. So, Annemiek van Vleuten... The, now, the reason is van Vleuten last year could ride Worlds was because last year they introduced, for the first time, a European Championships at the elite level. Yep. So every other every other continental champion, like you said, the continental champion gets an automatic extra spot at Worlds in their yep. name. It's it's their names. Up till now, up till last year, the Conti Championship Championships for Europe for Europe was under twenty three and juniors only. Okay. Yep. Yep. So 
Yes, yeah, so there's no way of doing it. So last year, Ellen van Dijk became Dutch national champion, became the, the uh, European ITT champion. So she gets a space automatically. So that means that Anna van der Blegger and, and Annemiek van Vleuten can ride worlds. Can actually go, yeah, yeah. And the same, exactly the same thing happened this year. But there was a really, 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 really strong chance that we would have three Dutch riders on the podium this year. Like, so really basically, basically, for the elites, the Dutch women were the junior Italian women. But much better. Yeah, but, but the point being that there was a really strong chance that we would have three Dutchies on the podium. And that was, yeah, you know, yeah. So very doable. It was... yep. It was, and this is because Annemiek van Vleuten, she started off having a pretty bad season, to be honest. She, mm. I mean, it was it was good if you like third places and fifth places, but she doesn't. That's not what Annemiek van Vleuten is racing for, right? She's racing for yeah. she's racing for the win. She had all those third and fifth places. She had that em- really embarrassing Amakamin Bira, and it's not embarrassing for Annemiek; it's embarrassing for Orica, um, yeah. you know, t- t- tactically, where um, van Vleuten started like, in the leaders' jersey. Me- let me put it this way. Like, the best spin that I could possibly put on it is that Orica did something that everyone until that point thought was tactically impossible. Go that's on. Pretty good, that's a pretty good spin, isn't it? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> start, start with the top three riders in GC, end with second, end. third, and fifth. Uh, second, third, and fourth. <laughs> so, yeah, so, but then, and Van Vleuten, she had a really, she had a really bad Giro, well, because she was doing really well in the, in the, in the, in the, in the GC. But then on the windy day, inexplicably, Orica were, like, right at the back of the peloton when it started getting windy. Yeah. And the, and the Dutch teams and the Canyon Stram just, put the hammer down which i still don't quite understand how that happened because you know if there were any wins it defies lots of lots of kinds of logic and also that kind of um like i just thought that you know much like fish to water the dutch were born attuned to the wind like (laughs) i just thought that's how it was so yeah i guess i guess maybe the australian team that you know australian team tactics uh, uh right is... suck the wind right out of the duchy is what you're saying okay yeah yeah, yeah. i get anyway, it I so get it. i mean so although she won the incredibly tough the brutal itt in the um in the in the in the giro she didn't get that giro win that she wanted however yeah. she won la course on the col d'isouard in spectacular absolutely dominant style then she won the pursuit the next day she's been absolutely sky high top of her game um, she won the Bowles Rentals Ladies Tour with two stage wins, both in the in the prologue and the ITT. Absolutely dominated. The only question was, has she peaked too soon? Right. And look, but it's she... a valid question, and and it's a little little hard to judge this year just because the tail of the season's been a little bit different. Um, but yeah, okay. And then we had Anna van der Brega, who's always got an amazing time trial, who'd like this hilly course. The only question was whether um, whether it's too hilly for Ellen van Dijk, but she'd been so good in the TTT. It looked like it was going to be a great mm. course for her. So they start, and again, because the USA are the only country with four riders, the Dutch are the only country with three riders. So it started out with Lauren Stevens first and Anna van der Brega second. And of course, right. Anna van der Brega put down a monstrous time. Yep, yep, well, yeah, so far as to be expected. And 
because of the way that they've they've because of the way that time trials are set up you know it tends to be then you've got like a load of riders from the smaller nations you've got a load of riders who are kind of the second riders in their team if you know what i mean mm-hmm. yep. and so anna van der Breger's time is absolutely untouchable until van vleuten starts okay so you're telling me that like she did still have it at this time well, it, it looked like she didn't at the first checkpoint because she was behind on the first checkpoint. She was behind on the second checkpoint. And then on the third, she was ahead and she right. just got faster and she won, basically. Wow. And yeah, she won and she uh, she she won the she won the sorry, she won the fastest time. It was amazing. So then we're just sitting around going, well, okay. Amazing time for Chloe Digart, as I said, junior prodigy, um, sitting in third yep. place and sitting in third place for quite a while. Now, the rain is getting harder. Mm. And it comes to this last batch of riders who are all extraordinary names. Um, Kat Garfett, Linda Willemsen, Amber Nebben, last year's world champion, yeah. Lisa yeah. Ellen Van Dyke. And the rain is coming down hard and it's and it's obviously affecting some of the riders. Mm. The rider it's not affecting is Kat Garfett. Who, which sorry finish she flies round mm. i i can only assume i obviously not having spoken to cat directly but i can only assume that as an australian um the whole reason was simply that she didn't recognize what rain was not having seen it before <laughs> she's german and she grew up in germany she didn't had start no idea cy- she didn't start cycling no until no no the 30s. once she's once you're australian of- it's She's had a no, lot once of you're Australian, it fixed. Once, once you're Australian, it just it it's like a switch flips. It's just you're done. It's like this is this is what happens with Anamique now. She's Australian too now. Um, we we got first and third on the on the day. Amazing. <laughs> You've just given away the ending. <laughs> You've just damned the podcast ending. <laughs> I, because nobody could tell from where, the way it was going. No, because there was still uh, Ellen Van Dyke on the road. How would Ellen Van Dyke do? Turns out she was. Oh, she, yeah. Our poor Ellen. She was like nineteenth or twentieth at the first checkpoint, and wow. she got her, clawed her way back to like um, to, to, to eighth at the second to, to, six, to eighth at the second checkpoint and sixth at the church, third checkpoint. But it just wasn't fast enough, and I am totally beyond i'm gutted for her because i really really love ellen van dyke but i'm super happy for kat garfett her second mm. and this is the thing is you've got all these amazing riders lisa branauer who ended 12th i think was saying yeah. was saying oh they're like oh well it was the rain right she's like well kat garfett started at me that started with me in the rain <laughs> <laughs> it's not the rain it was me uh. and ellen this is her tweet that she puts up the next day I always love the TT for being such a pure discipline, even when it shows it wasn't my day yesterday. Great respect for Avery Vluten, Anna van Vluten, van Vluten, and Anna van der Breger. Yeah, yeah. So and classy. Absolutely, and you know when you know that like she's she's just got to be absolutely crushed because you know it wasn't the result that she was aiming for and working towards. Um, and at the same time, like in terms of the podium and, and similar to the juniors again, the the split between, um, you know, so Anamik finished in 28.50, Anna van der Breger was at 12 seconds back and Kat Garfoot seven seconds behind her at 19. You know, like that's that's a tight podium. And, you know, it, it this was a really, really, really exciting ITT. 
yeah it was thrilling yeah. it was beautiful i am pissed off that the women didn't get the chance to go up the um mount floyton huh. <laughs> i can't well... even say because the men because the, the the weird thing is is the women rode this the women rode the women ride the same the same course as the junior men which is always i find difficult because it's not because mm. the you know the distances aren't 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 huge but the yeah. men had this really epic tt that ended up on this ridiculous monster climb to the point where they were actually allowed to have bike changers with this bike changer. yeah they had this whole zone and there was like a mat or something that indicated the distance that a, a swanier or a mechanic or whatever could push them as yeah. the bike changed yeah yeah and it was and it was i the thing is is some people some people are complaining about this because oh itt should be against the clock and they shouldn't be going uphill and stuff like that which i think is just bullshit like every itt course is different some itt courses are technical some it itt courses are hilly some itt courses are 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 really better basic some itt courses are all about power i really liked it yeah oh my god the norwegians could put on a party and they did that very norwegian thing of being this monster crowd that was literally cheering for everyone with fantastic amazing stamina up this hill but without like and you know people running alongside the bikes but no one getting in the way of the bikes you know like everyone doing it very legally you know and the the atmosphere was incredible and i don't understand why the men and they think oh well you know it was very difficult to put to do um to do in terms of uh, logistics but i don't uh, that's just bullshit yeah it's bullshit. Yeah, I find that hard to believe. It's really. I, I don't, it doesn't make yeah. any. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, now, would the results have been different if the women had ridden the ITT? I don't think so. Not the top, not the podium, because Kat Garfoot has a very, very, very good climb on her, right? Um, yep. I think it would have been Annemiek van Vleuten and Anna van der Brega if the women had been able to ride up the hill. I just think it's. I think it sends a really shitty message and a really surprising message for Norway, actually, that women are lesser than men yeah and you know it's one of those ones where uh, like it doesn't it doesn't make sense and like if i was if i was the norway organizers i would have been absolutely screaming at the uci to be like you know come on but who sets why, the course why? i don't think the, i don't think the uci sets the course i think it should no no i don't think around. they set the course but it's it's my understanding that it's their rule that the women have to ride the junior men's course I, am I wrong about that? Yeah, because because in the in the um in the it's I don't think it's a rule that I don't think it's a rule that they have to ride the junior men's course because they're not doing it in the road race. So in the road race again, it's also the same thing is happening. The men and the the elite men and the junior men will be starting their race with a thirty four kilometer forty two kilometer run in around some fjords. Um, yep. really beautiful, and then they'll hit the circuit. Now the women's circuit is 150. The women's race is over 150 kilometers. This, this, they could easily do the run in and then do the hundred. Then, then just then, then, then ride on the circuit. Like there's no, there's no reason for it. And it's, it's, it's just bizarre. It's strange. Yep. So obviously the Dutch completely stomped all over both ITTs because Tom Dumoulin won the um, men's um, Sunweb. Although Sunweb is a Dutch team, is a German registered team for the men. It's basically Dutch, and right. 
the Dutch are the top TTT nation in the world at the Worlds. And then they haven't won and didn't win any medals in the under in the under twenty three men's or in the juniors, but they are just extraordinary. On Saturday it's the mm-hmm. road race. Oh Yep. God damn this. It's course. gonna be good. It's gonna be so good. This course. It's gonna be so good. So the circuit, I wish they were still doing the, I wish they were coming into the, in on the, in on, in on the circuit because it's just not, it's just not right. It's just not right that they're not. Yeah. But it's a um, 19.1 kilometer circuit. They race it eight laps. The circuit starts off at two kilometers. It's got like a little climb, a little warm up climb, a little warm up descent. Then it goes up Salmon Hill. (laughs) Yep. And Salmon Hill, although the incline starts before the hill does, which is interesting. So the hill, Salmon Hill, is, and this isn't the full climbing, is 1.5 kilometres long. It's got, the bottom section is seven, is, is the overall average is 6.4. The average for the first half a kilometre is 7.8, but it gets up to 16% at one point. Then they come down the hill. So that's that they finish it around nine kilometers. Then they come down the hill for a couple of kilometers and it's got a, a tech, it's got technical corner, technical, technical corner and steep descent. They ride exactly the same roads in that they've ridden the TTT and the ITT going up to Bergen, just above the Bergen to Sandviken along the edge of yep. the harbor and finishing on the cobbles. Nice. They pass the fish museum they go over beautiful hills with the beautiful wooden buildings. They go along the edge of the fjord. They go along the edge of the harbour. It is going to be insanely beautiful. And the only thing that stops me like booking my ticket to go to Bergen, to go on holiday, is the fact that it's massively expensive. I just need to put in a parenthesis here. Spare a thought for the journalists who forgot that it was massively expensive and so didn't pack their bags full of nuts, raisins, cup of soups and food you can you can put together in a... In a, in, a, in a hotel in a hotel with a hotel kettle um, and also their own beers because it's frighteningly expensive out there so all those journalists who would be having a beer at the end of the day probably can't afford one <laughs> eh. <laughs> they've got expense accounts eh. yeah their expense eh. their expense accounts aren't actually letting them do this because you know uh, because <laughs> you have to be a very very wealthy expense account person to to, to get this you know to, to, to get out there mm. Um, it's an amazing course. The big question is, can anyone beat the Dutch? What do you think, Dan? No. No. Do you think Annemiek? Oh, sorry. Did you want to? Did you want to talk about it? I didn't. I didn't. Rest. Like, no, no. Seriously. Like, we always talk about every every year. World's rolls around. We talk about the Dutch and the Italians and whatever. But the Dutch this year, it's just, it's almost taking the piss. It's so Dutch. It's it's. Like, Annemiek is on incredible form. Anna van der Brugger is hot on her heels. Ellen van Dyke is still Ellen van Dyke. I mean, you you cannot deny the Dutch are the hot favourites. You just and can't. We also, Mariana Voss. Now, Mariana Voss yeah. is back to... Is, is She's not quite peak Voss, but she's very nearly peak Voss. And she's always Foxy Voss in terms of cunning like a fox. <laughs> like the worst pun ever if you didn't know Voss means fox in dutch so dan is getting dan just puns people i heard dan pun in public and i'm not impressed <laughs> oh look i i'm the one who says puns are always wrong and you're the one who always tells me to try new things so <laughs> who who's whose fault is it really clearly that yours is true. So... i do tell you to try new things mm. I, I do want you to try more new mm. things all the time um <laughs> 
the only... Well, given given how well the pun thing went, I'm not I so mean, sure. Anyway, I mean, moving who on. else is in their team? They've got Chantal... I mean, Chantal Black and Lucinda Brand could win worlds in their own right, you know? Like, that's Yana the can... thing. When, when they're the... What, when these are the writers that you're mentioning because because they don't make it into the top five of the writers in the team. I know, I know. Like, it's what? bonkers. It's just insane. And this core seems to suit them. Yeah. Now, the thing is, there are the, the thing is, is I would have said that this was a hands down Lizzie Dignan course. Yeah. But Lizzie Dignan had yep. her appendix removed, God, like two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. Two two and a half weeks ago, yeah. And so she hasn't ruled she out racing. racing, but She's yeah, definitely racing. Yeah. Um, but but like, yeah, and that that is literally just a, a shot in the dark now. Like, there's no way to predict how well she will or won't do based on surgical recovery. I mean, it seems crazy to me, and, yeah. and to the point where I'm actually like, is this another Lauren Dolan Dolan thing? Should you know, should they have just gone look? Yeah, should she yeah, be allowed? Lizzie, yeah, for your own sake, you have to recover from your fucking operation, girl. Like, yeah, that's. But the other rider I'm particularly mm. interested in is, of course, Paulina Fran-Prevot. Yeah. Oh, and, and don't get me wrong. When I say that I am, you know, totally 100% confident that it's there for the Dutch to win, that doesn't mean that I don't think anyone else could win. It's that, you know, it's going to be a real upset if they pull it off. But there are plenty of riders who can. And Pauline is definitely one who has already shown... Um, that she's ready to go toe-to-toe with Lizzie, slash the entire Dutch team, slash anyone else who gets in the way, and, and you know, she's bad. And she's ridden with Anna van der Brega, so she knows her, and, and Mariana Vos, so she knows their weaknesses, as does Castellini yep. Odoma. Yes, which, you know, great outside, um, you know, potential. Oh, there. I mean, I, to be honest, um, I mean, I, I, I really, I, you know I want them all to win, right? But if, Cass, if Cassia yeah, won, course. I would be completely delighted for her because she's such a i mean i when i was at the when i was at the bowls rentals ladies tour cassia is like solid gold there's there's a couple of riders who sometimes some riders they're not that friendly or they're just you know sitting in the bus with their teammates or they're not that they're just you know it's not not criticizing them or in some days they're friendly and the next day they're not they're just they'll you know they'll they'll talk to you some days they won't the next day because it's all about the race yeah sometimes you have some riders who are just gold and that's cassia neodoma is one of them like just completely friendly and smiley and you know popular and always awesome and yeah ellen van dyke's another one like ellen was just super chill and happy to you know happy to you know happy to do everything basically no complaints and that i i really really and so they so you know i've always got a soft spot for them and just like i've always got a soft spot for every single rider who i've ever seen as a junior at the healthy aging tour (laughs) (laughs) also true also true uh, I mean, look, okay, so without getting too deep into it and knowing that, like, we both basically find it pointless to try and make a prediction, who else, though, are you are you particularly um, keeping an eye on and thinking always, a, always a shot? Always Megan um, on this kind of course, yep. always Megan Guarnier. And the USA team is super strong, yep. as always, and they seem to have got over yeah. there. I mean, the USA team always have this problem, which we just scream at the television about because they tend to be riding on the front of the race in times when they shouldn't be but that's generally been because Mm. a lot of their usa riders are a little bit less confident about riding in the pack 
So yeah. while you can say, oh, yeah, Chloe Diger, she's super strong, she's never ridden in Europe. So, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah. It's, she's not going to be, like, positioning queen, for example. Um, the Germans are, are very strong, but I don't know if this is course suits any of them completely. Um, yep. The Brits, I would not... I would. I mean, some people have been saying Corin Rivera for this, but okay. I am not. I'm not. I'm not convinced. And I really think Corin's great, and I'm more than happy to be proved wrong. Yeah. But I have noticed that Corin Rivera has only won with Ellen Van Dyke on her team. Look, yeah, and Corin's but someone look- that I, I genuinely like. She surprised us before. You know, Flanders was not something we ever really would have expected was in her wheelhouse, and turns out there it is, right in her wheelhouse. Yeah. And the other thing um, that we haven't seen Corinne do is ride in the is ride in this kind of rain. I mean, the yeah. weather has been, it's been like really heavy downpours, but also completely unexpected. So it'll be dry one minute, and the roads will dry, and then the roads will get wet, and then they'll dry again, and then they'll get wet again. And it's just, mm. and it's, there was localised rain that at one point seemed to literally only be following the Dutch around the TT course. <laughs> so, like, really what you're saying is, what you're saying is, is the Norwegians have developed weather control. I get it. I hear um, what you're saying. Yeah. The good thought um, I was thinking. Speaking, was oh, yeah, yeah. Appropriate. Um, um, speaking of, of uh, you know, local-ish sort of teams, um, my question for you then is, what about the Danes? You know, I think, you know, like last year, Amalia Diedrichsen was not, she wasn't, she didn't come out of nowhere, but it no. was like, it, and everyone knew she was going to win world championships one day. But it was a little yes. bit early. Now, yeah, no I, one just expected it to be that day. But yeah, one day. Yeah. I wonder about Cecilia Utrip Ludwig. Yeah. Okay. And that team. I mean, they're young. They're young, but oh my god, they're strong. Yeah, and I mean, but I, it's I, a I'm, strong team. And there's it nothing. Is. I mean, I. It's not that I think Kat Marsal is a genius, <laughs> but she is very, very experienced, and these riders are very, yeah. very good. And it's localish, and they'll have a ton of local support. And yeah, I, I I look at them and I wonder. I wonder about the Danes. Um, yeah. Anyone else? That's and what about? At least I mean. Well, I'm I'm curious for your of read. Of course, the Italians. I'm curious for your read on the Brits as a team. I mean, obviously Lizzie, assuming she's well oh. and whole and competitive, but as a team, they're really interesting because they're, they're quite a strong team. But you know, don't go to Euros like like. You know what? What? What's your take on that? Yeah, they don't. They don't ride together. This is a, this is the other thing is if you go to Euros, you can actually practice riding together. Mm. Um, Danny King, I love. You know, um, and Hannah Barnes has been having an amazing year, and she's she's proved that she's. We used to think that Hannah Barnes was a pure sprinter, right? And yeah. she's absolutely not. She got um, top ten in the ITT. Uh, yep. She has been out in breakaways and been domestiquing amazingly. She's she's basically a GC star of the future. I I look at that team and I think yeah I mean and I mean Danny King I don't know what her form is like but it might you know it might not be the right it might not be the right year for her they don't have the strongest team overall they're not like the uh, they're not like the Germans or the uh, Americans who every rider on the team is like a name you know they're not like that yeah um but yeah I I don't know I mean it the thing is so, the focus is all and what now what do you think about the Australians. Yeah, look, the Australians I find quite interesting because, I mean, obviously we've talked over the last few weeks all of the Simon Jones bullshit of not taking a full load of riders and that being overturned and blah, 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 so now we are. But it also means that 
there hasn't been as much time to to um, train as a team and prepare as a team as you know there would have if it if it had just been announced at the start. So it's an interesting team, and but to me more more alarming than that because they all know each other and and half of them all ride for the same team anyway. Um, is Jones's comments just made it astonishingly clear? I think to anyone who knows the sport that they have no plan. And that's not to say that the riders won't be able to work something out, but I, I think that that is a really alarming thing when when essentially he was saying that we're going to be telling our riders to take their chances and keep their heads down and hope that the chips fall their way. You know, like that's that's really not a plan. No. And uh, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, for example, Gartha is very... Obviously, she, she's had a terrible year. Yeah. She had injury and sickness and illness. And so her coming back you know but you know if you're going to come back and finally get over yeah. all those issues doing it for worlds is pretty damn good but i don't know that she's got the tactical skills that if she got into a necessarily break... for particularly for for worlds because the tactics in worlds are uh uh, it's like playing it's like playing monopoly on a different board it's the same but it's slightly different and yeah and it, it's it it, it 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 does change things absolutely and but see this is also the thing is that there are multiple scenarios that i can see different riders from this team doing well oh, spratty and gracie um, i mean gracie Elbert yeah, and Amanda Spratt. Yep, yep, absolutely. And then, you know, Shara Gillow and Chloe Hosking both got their own strengths. Roy um, potentially um, could could work with Chloe on a sprint or could work from a break or something like that. But, it, you know, truthfully, I think so much of it is just going to depend on how the the second half of the race plays out on the day and who is in the right spot. And... I say that with an air of hope and uh, an air of resignation because that's really not how I would ideally have my national team prepare for Worlds. So, so do you think do you think it's definitely going to be a classic-style race? Because I've been assuming it is. Do you think there's any chance of a sprint? No, not realistic. I think, I think a sprint happens if a break fails utterly in terms of um, being able to work together and, and create a big enough distance. But I, I see the classic you know classic style race where there's a lot of early attrition to whittle it down and then one sort of uber break that takes like say a group of 20 to 30 of the top riders and and it sorts itself out yeah, from cause there because i i see it as a solo win i honestly think in my script i think that's the best possibility for riders that i'm most excited about okay. so yeah, um, while we were rattling through it, I was sort of in my head going, you know what, my like my dream scenario would essentially be um, that like Lizzie and Elisa and and say um, like Spratty or Sarah Roy or or someone like that gets into a break with one or two other riders and stirs shit up and then and then you know makes a crazy attack and away it goes. So okay, heart and head, who's gonna win? Um. Oh, look, heart. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. Who do you want to win? Heart. Heart is a hundred percent about me still being angry at Simon Jones. I want Chloe Hosking to win in a solo break. So, like, <laughs> literally impossible to have happen. But I just, like I said last week, I want her to cross the line solo, doing double middle fingers up, fuck you, Simon Jones, mouth in slow motion as she crossed the line. That's what my heart wants. Um, knowing that won't happen, I actually think that what will happen is that. 
um, either Annemiek van Vleuten or Anna van der Brugge will get away because they've taken turns smashing that split group at the front and, you know, and just kept going, tra- trading turns until one of them gets away and, and wins. Yeah, my my head says Anna van der Brugge, sorry, says Annemiek van Vleuten wins. Hearts, I want Cassie Neodoma or Mariana Voss or Pauline or Elisa. Or Elisa. Yeah, or Elisa. Shit, yeah. <laughs> Should we just keep going? Or Yoli. Oh my god, I mean, or... yeah, yeah. Or Chloe, or Hannah Barnes, or Danny or... King, or... Amelie Dirickson again, or... Or Cecilia or... Triplin-Ludwig, or... Yeah, I, uh, or... yeah. Lisa Brunella, Oh god, yes. Or... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or, 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 or some kind of mad group goes at, like, halfway through the race, and it's got Ellen Van Dyke in it, and for some reason it manages to stay away, and Ellen Van Dyke wins. That would make me very happy. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, basically, I mean, I don't even have a number one that I want to win like I just yeah. I just want them I want them you just can't I want them to have but the truth is it's, it's and to be and I want yep. it to be a really exciting race which like people watch and go holy shit women's cycling is amazing and I want it to be gorgeous I want it to be safe I want them to be careful out there and yeah and and I want people to kind of finish yep. going that was beautiful you know i don't want any bullshit about like a riders in the front and then she has a puncture or a massive crash happens and takes out all the favorites you know um that uh-huh. I, I want it i want it safe and i want it like satisfying you know yep yep i hear you i look honestly i think it will be i'm adding megan Guarnier. oh yeah of course oh, sorry, before i keep going <laughs> see no we i we have to change subjects because otherwise you're just literally going to go down the start list and name everyone so can I um tell you about the cyclocross crosses crosses come crosses here um crosses yep. has been coming forever uh with two world cups the first one, Jingle Cross, fantastic to watch it. Katarina Nash won ahead of Kate, Katie Keoff, who's Katie Keoff. She used to be Caitlin Anton Antono. She got married. Sanna Cantor, oh, right. third, Sophie Debor, third, fourth. Maud Capthines, fifth. Um, Iowa City, cool. that's fantastic. Then there was the invisible Las Vegas, um, Cross Vegas, which was actually impossible to watch because of oh. weird, um, you can buy a subscription to Flow Sports and it costs you. Oh, right. Yeah, right. And, so and try a different business model. Yeah, and, yeah, okay. and, then, and then you have to pay $10 or something for a year subscription, but actually you don't, it's not going to show much cross. So, um, right, right. Katarina Nash with Catherine Prendrell, second, and Ellen Noble, third. Um, Caroline Manny fourth and Chloe Woodruff fifth. Very, 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 very American field, but Cross Vegas is such an American Well, Cross field. Vegas, so and yeah, also, it makes sense. Basically, this is going to sound really embarrassing. There were only three non-American riders. Check <laughs> Katarina Nash first. Canadian Catherine Pendrell third. And French Caroline Manny fourth. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's it's a you know charmingly international sport. Um, so what's next then on the cross calendar though? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, let's talk about right. afterwards. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But the cross is back, cross is on, and there is more cross to come. So yay. Um, just quickly, I want to mention um, our friend Chris Rivera, who is a big supporter of women's cycling, um, has helped coordinate the. Um, uh, the Minneapolis Grand Prix um, race over the years, and and um, I can't remember what it's called. It's Redlands now, the Grand Prix. No, no, it's the Grand Valley Grand Prix or something like that. Now, 
Um, I'm sorry, Chris. I forgot the name. Uh, the sponsor changed, uh, but he'll remind me. North anyway, Star? he's also been in North Star. That's the one. He's also been involved with um, an interesting group called CVR World Cup. This is they're basically doing kind of like on Zwift type competitive competitions internationally so they just had one in paris last weekend um but the the key point of difference that makes them uh potentially interesting to to listeners at home is that from the ground up they've built it to have equal prize money um and reasonably large size prize purses so um if you're interested in the potential growth of cycling as an esport, uh the cvr world cup something that you might want to check out oh yeah um what else is going on you got anything that you oh, want to talk thing. to or about? i just want to yep. say so something that animate van vleuten said in the um press conference after winning the itt was the first thing she did was run to her mum. and something that we hadn't realized before you know on rio where she had that terrible terrible crash and we all thought she was mm. dead yep that was her mum's birthday Holy shit. Her mum was at home. She's a widow because Annemiek's dad died just when she was starting cycling. I think like just after yeah. she you know, won the first crit. She was sitting at home and she thought that her daughter had died, which would be tragic enough, on her birthday. Oh my goodness. So there's a lot of stuff that's very, very emotional about Annemiek. She was wearing earrings that her dad had given her. And yeah, yeah. She pointed at the sky, uh. you know tribute to her dad god damn it Connolly! why did you have to do this to me now my heart wants Anna Meek to win fuck <laughs> you fuck with my Simon Jones revenge fantasy <laughs> well let's come back next week and talk all about it I'm also we'll also have what the calendar is going to look like next year and we'll have how to watch cyclocross all of that thank you so much for listening I love you all, guys, and yeah. Yeah, we love hope you so you're much. enjoying worlds as much as we do. Mm, indeed, you're all very good looking. Thank you. <laughs>